welcome to another edition of the That's So Region podcast. I am your host, Dan Reardon, night editor of the Times of Northwest Indiana. And with me as always is... Laura Lane. I am the Times Digital News Director, and I am very excited to get back to my desk for some chocolate cake that's sitting there waiting for me. And our rock, our foundation... (laughs) The one and only... Joseph Pete, business reporter, friend, Roman, countryman, and please lend us your ears. Nothing for the S for the holidays? Uh... Joseph Santa Pete. Oh, yeah, I Joseph should. Joseph St. Nick Pete. I do that for Halloween, <laughs> and I should do that for, uh, yeah, something. Santa Pete would be a good one. Got to play off that middle <laughs> So we start this week with a, uh, uh, a big project, proposed project, out of uh, the Steel City, Gary, Indiana. A uh, company from California, Fulcrum Bioenergy, has vowed to invest $600 million and hire 160 people. An average wage of $29 an hour, which uh, not bad, nope. uh, to uh, run a uh, biofuel plant uh, that they, they vowed to build in the city. Joseph, uh, you have the, the lowdown in this. Tell us a little bit about this project. Uh, yes, it's being built as a fairly big deal. The governor, Eric Holcomb, was in town to promote it. They're looking at doing it at Buffington Harbor where they're looking at potentially moving the Majestic Star Casino. There's a, there's a, still a lot of land there for industrial development, even with the casino, but the most kind of famous tenant there might be moving to closer to the interstate, which would help when uh, Chicago builds a casino eventually, possibly on the, the southeast side, according to the latest proposal from the mayor. But um, the, what the, it's a company from California. They're already building one of these facilities in... Uh, they're building one of these facilities in Nevada already. They started building the feedstock thing. What it's proposing to do is take trash from landfills in northeast Illinois in the Chicagoland area and turn it into like this clean feedstock of paper and plastic and these things and then through a process of gasification convert it into jet fuel basically. We've had a lot of these like this has been like a holy grail of kind of like new environmental technologies over the past couple of years. We've had a lot of different trash energy projects come forward in Northwest Indiana, most notably Powers, which they tried to do for like four years, the Lake County Solid Waste District, before it finally fell apart in 2013. Maya Energy hit a big roadblock in October when the Gary City Council rescinded its approval for it. In that case, they're looking to build it right next to a charter school. Uh, this one. Uh, you know, th- these these projects have kind of been troubled in the past locally. Right. In this case, they are they do have a lot of big corporate backers, including BP, United Airlines. Uh, they, there's a lot of, uh, you know, corporate America is pumping money behind this venture. They have spent the technology they're using has kind of been around since World War Two, but they are have spent like one hundred million dollars refining it. And they're they've got raised a significant amount of private capital without any IPO or anything to build like a new $600 million facility. And what they're hoping and doing is uh, built, they're developing jet fuel that's about like 80% cleaner than the current stuff, or more carbon friendly, and then they would sell it to uh, one of their main initial investors, United Airlines, and then to other people. And they're looking at kind of eventually opening these all over the country if it does pan out. If we are handicapping this, and you, you've talked about it, and it was included in the story that ran uh, in, in uh, Friday, uh, December 14th edition, um, if we had to handicap this, what do we think that this project actually comes to fruition if we had to put a percentage on it? What do you think? Uh, I wouldn't be in a position to handicap it. However, I mean, the previous ones, like my energy, hadn't done any projects like this previously. Right. Uh, the, Evans- the school issue next to the Steel City Charter School. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Th- 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 this one, they do seem to have a lot of like significant... Um, 
significant backing waste management. One of the problems with this in the past is that a lot of the trash companies have obviously fought it because they make money on filling up their landfills. But the backers for this one include Waste Management, which is one of the largest trash companies right. in the country. So there's um, uh, this this group seems to be a little more uh, savvy and connected than some of the previous ventures that have come through the region. But I'm in still no position. It's generally unproven technology. You do have some biofuels plants that are producing like ethanol in the country. There is one, Fair Oaks is famously taking cow poop, basically, and turning it into um, fuel for their vehicles. Like, you know, this is increasingly being done, but it's hard to say with this particular venture, um, I, I wouldn't be in a position. But I mean, it does lend some credibility that the governor's going out there, although he also did endorse Spirit Airlines down in Indianapolis. And right. they're kind of a little bit notorious for uh, aggravating their customers, but... Yeah. Well, Spirit Airlines is great if, if comfort is not something <laughs> you would feel. If you don't mind uh, doing yoga poses to yeah. get into your seat. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's great if you're under 5'8". Um, uh, I am under 5'8", and it's not great. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll open up the fourth wall here. Laura's pretty tall, though. 5'7". So, uh, little, so. little, little inside yeah. knowledge there. Um, this has been, I mean, this is, Gary's had a couple wins recently. Uh, in terms of economic development. Um, uh, we had the Alliance Steel uh, announcement fairly recently as well, uh, that they're going to be uh, investing close to $20 million. Uh, has the worm turned, do you think, for Gary, Laura, Joseph? Is this? I think that if this pans out, it could be really great for Gary. Um, anything that helps bring jobs into the community and, you know, makes people want to live there and make it a better place and all that, I, I'm all for it. And there have been other ventures that have slowly been coming in. I mean, even the revitalization in Miller Beach area, that's a fantastic spot to hang out at. So, I mean, the key is really, Joseph, I mean, you can talk all you want about, about development. It comes down to they got to build their tax base, right? They got to get these big companies mm -hmm. in here. And the way, the way they've been looking at doing it, uh, there was that daily initiative from a couple years ago, and the one thing they identified is, Gary, you know, they, they've, Peerless is gone, like the GM thing is gone from many years back. They're no longer making, there's no longer like a hosiery factory, like a lot of the industry had left, but like they've remained relatively strong in heavy industry and logistics. You have something like five or six of the major trucking companies have big terminals there. Like right. it's, it's remained pretty, like we've obviously seen there are thousands of abandoned buildings, there's problems on definitely on the residential end and on the retail end, but one of its Gary's strengths has remained that it is a hub for heavy industry and for industry and warehouses and logistics. It's right by highways. It's right on Lake Michigan. They have a ton of railroad. Um, this is the one area where it can still continue to excel. It might end up where it's more like East Chicago, where it's almost like 80% industrial versus like the traditional residential base it's had. Right. But the, uh, it is able to, you know, it's been able to continue to attract uh, projects of this nature. The issue, though, is though this is a huge investment. We're talking over half a billion dollars. Um, but it's only 160 jobs, which is relatively small right. for although although well-paying jobs. Yeah, yeah well, they are well-paying jobs. But the thing is, Gary was built on like a steel mill that employed 30,000 people. Right. Like you just don't have 
like in, industry has become so automated these days that even with like major plants like this coming in it doesn't necessarily provide the insane employment base right. when the city of gary was built as a company town in 1906 mm-hmm. for u.s steel right so it's you, it's like one no one project is ever going to be a silver bullet to fix yeah, anything you right. have the construction jobs coming in right off the bat but that'll taper off as soon as the building is open you know plus a lot yeah. of the people who work in gary you know they live in portage they live in crown point they live in maryville they're commuting they're not necessarily like you know going to put down the roots there yeah exactly um one thing that gary doesn't have is uh controversy in middle school basketball if you thought the only drama came from the chicago bulls uh you were you were mistaken in this area um portage middle school uh portage middle school fagley middle school this story this happened uh about a week and a half ago at this point but I think it's so nutty we have to talk about it. So basically this coach, Mike Kobe, uh, he was the coach of the 8th grade boys basketball team at Fagley. He is out for winning too much, allegedly. That's what, that's what, that's what they're saying. So, Scoring and winning too much, I think is how I put it. Right, exactly. Um, so this story this story's gained a lot of interest, A, because it's, it's nutty, and two, it gets, it gets the sort of everyone gets a trophy – uh, crowd people who are sort of anti that riled up. So basically, the, the Portage has had a, sort of a, a once in a generation influx of talent for basketball come in, and all these kids play on this one team in eighth grade, and I think they beat one school ninety seventy to ten or something like that. Some amazingly talented kids. The coach says they're not trying to run up the score. He plays his backups. They don't you know pressure defense or anything like they're just that much better than everyone well apparently things came to a head with this coach uh, mike kobe in the athletic director they had a confrontation uh at halftime in a game against saint paul catholic uh in which uh the, his team jumped out to a 21 nothing lead um uh, dysfunction abounds at fagley middle school in the basketball program uh joseph um is there a such thing as winning too much in the region? Oh well, it's uh, the yeah. There are questions about the sportsmanship of this uh, or whatever, because some of the scores were like ninety to ten or whatever. But he was from the article. He was like pulling his starters after like, you know, twenty like twenty to nothing. That was pulling the starters. The problem is with uh, you know, middle school. You'd only have like so many kids, and there can be huge discrepancies in talent. Right. And it. Um, I am not as familiar enough with the situation to know. You know. You know, the extent to which his coaching decisions were resulting in these scores or if it was just the talent discrepancy was so great. But that doesn't seem like uh, that far off. And we haven't really seen any update yet as to, like, you know, what the scores are being. But it's like this is just something that really um, resonated with our readers just because of the absurdity of it. I'm just saying you can get 10 of me playing in place of those kids at the school and we'll – be terrible and lose at basketball all day long <laughs> and then you could take those kids and put them on the bowls and maybe give them a chance at a championship right, right? <laughs> yeah i mean you know uh gar packs can maybe maybe make they can make a drive over to porters to scout some of the talent although part of the fallout from this was and this is just one of the tentacles that makes the story so nutty one of the better players on the team basically said if, if the coach goes I go sort of like a scene from Hoosiers <laughs> and has transferred out so there's fallout from this um, I, I played I played basketball in elementary and middle school uh, and 
there were some humiliating defeats, especially at St. Morris Elementary School on the south side of Chicago. I think it tends to build character, um, you know, uh, and like I said, this does sort of uh, fire up the anti-everyone-gets-a-trophy crowd, but uh, uh, what what would, if you, I know this is sort of right off the cuff, but uh, what, what is one of your more embarrassing sports achievements as a, either a child or an adult, especially with you, Laura, because you're, current, you're an athlete in many ways, uh, uh, a runner, a bowler. You know what? I, my last half marathon that I have run, I got my personal best record for slowest half marathon ever <laughs> run. So <laughs> that was great. I, I was happy to finish just slightly ahead of the ambulances at the end of the line. <laughs> it was a scorcher of a day. So, you know, I, but I finished and it built character. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I think, I think these kids, you know, as, as embarrassing as it might be, I mean, isn't there something to be said, Joseph, from learning from a loss like this or, or is it too much? Uh, I, you know, personally, it's hard to say, uh, <laughs> There could be their, uh, you know, in the college or the pros, you don't really want to run up. You don't want to leave your starters in. You don't want, if you're blowing somebody out, you don't want to run the risk of them getting hurt. Like Derek Rose, when we were up like 20 during that one year in the playoffs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, I don't know. I, I like, there were many defeats in my undistinguished career in CYO basketball (laughs) in little league in babe ruth in track and cross country and none of them i barely remember any of them now to be honest but it's like i you know even if it were a complete and total domination like that the it wouldn't have like necessarily bothered me i don't think as a kid but it's it's really hard to say and i don't know what kind of volume of complaints the the administrators had been uh getting or whatever i mean it is you sports though you do want to be a little bit um you know considerate toward everybody because not everybody you're not dealing with professionals where you're dealing with a high degree of athleticism a lot of kids participate just for the reason of like socialization and you know uh you know an after school activity that type of thing um not everybody's like a natural athlete like but it's hard to uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I would have even remembered, even if we got destroyed by, like, 80-0 to zero in CYO basketball. I don't know that I would remember that game today. I mean, like, it happens <laughs> for us on a regular basis when we bowl. We get destroyed by most teams that we play against. I'm in a league, and it's more in good fun, but maybe it's also because we're in our 30s and above. So. Right. <laughs> and there may or may not be alcohol involved as well. <laughs> After uh, a couple of wines, you just yeah, don't care. It, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> I do remember one of those losses. I was in sixth grade at St. Moritz. We lost to a team 72-20. to 20. I played center. The guy I jumped center with had a mustache. Um, so basically it was like, he isn't beat my, it Space he beat our Jam brains. where it's like little kids? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were basically the eighth grade ver- or the sixth grade version of Von Stars, basically. <laughs> there we go. That's what it is. Um, but uh, you know what? I learned from it. I grew from it uh, because it's, I still remember it today. <laughs> That or I've just led an incredibly sad life where I remember a sixth grade <laughs> basketball team. Speaking You'll have your redemption one day, don't worry. That's part, right. part of sports is about overcoming adversity and, you know, re- being resilient after setbacks and that kind of thing. But it's, I don't you know. I, I, yeah. I say go for the jugular at all times. <laughs> no mercy, like they said in Karate Kid. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, 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 fights of epic proportion, this is a really interesting story and, and one of the more well-read stories uh, on our site over the past week or two. So basically, there's this 1960 Corvette, um, which was in uh, 
the 24 Hours of Le Mans, which is a, a big auto race in France. And uh, what happened was is that the Harbor Buick GMC dealership in Portage closed. And this 1960 Corvette was there. And the two of the owners are basically fighting over it. Um, this car is insured for $2.5 million. Um, and it, it, I, I don't know if you guys are car people or not, but uh, 1960 Corvette is, is, is it, it's not on the Mount Rushmore of, of, of great automobiles, but it's, it's right up there. And uh, so, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's been, it's been well read, um, on our site. And, uh, <laughs> I like to quote from one of the attorneys who said, this car is part of Americana. Um, <laughs> so this is being played out in the, uh, in, in Porter County Superior Court over who will eventually take ownership of this car. Should we Samson this and, uh, uh, cut it in half, you think? Is that the way to go? <laughs> Give, uh, one, one guy owns 70%, the other guy owns 30%. Do we cut the car 70% down the middle and then, uh, let it go that way? What do you, what are your thoughts on this, Joseph? Have you ever been anywhere close to a car worth this much money? Uh, pro- I cover, I do cover the auto show every year, so I oh, do get to true. see the supercars. Um, some of them are probably they have the supercars and the vintage cars. I'm not really so much of a car person, but I can respect it. Um, my father-in-law is into Corvettes, so I mean it's a thing that people get like very enthusiastic about. People are reli- get religious yeah. about these sort of things, so I can understand why the the fight has been so <laughs> severe between. And we're not going to bother naming the guys. You've read the story, but um, people, especially when it comes to to classic automobiles. Uh, people can kind of lose their minds about it, hence why it's uh, under currently uh, cur- currently under co- court order to be sold by one of the guys. Um, I wonder if two point five million is the actual like market value, though. Or if that's, that's what really I was curious about too. For, inflated for insurance purposes. I think I noticed some people were commenting on some of our social media pages that like, oh yeah, and I'll insure my like toothbrush for a million dollars or whatever. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, always love the, I always love those stories too because you bring that up. Yeah, like we're. Uh, you know, someone will like uh, an actress will insure her hands or something like that for like fifty million dollars or something like that. I mean, I guess basically if you're willing to pay the premium on it, they'll insure anything you want. <laughs> Even so, a million dollars for that toothbrush. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but this had me thinking, though. You know, uh, the region it's we're, we're forged by steel. Uh, it's not it's not Detroit, but uh, remember, little Detroit, little sorry. Detroit, little yeah. Detroit. Uh, First cars. What was your What was your first car, Laura? Was it a 1960 Corvette that ran in Le Mans? And I could not tell you the year of it, but it was a green Ford of some sort. And of some, I, no, of some <laughs> sort. Model unknown. As you can tell, I, I I couldn't pick out any car anywhere, but it was green, and I called it the Incredible Hulk, even mm. though it was little. It was mighty. Nice, Joseph. What What was the first ride of a young Joseph? My, my first was uh, actually region made. It was the Ford Taurus that made at the Chicago Assembly Plant in Hagwich, right on the banks of the Calumet River. Wow! Um, back when that was the only thing the plant made, really made, or what it was known for. But that was back during its heyday when it was still like one of the top selling sedans in America. Like it had been in RoboCop. It was just generally considered like. That was before the Japanese automakers came in and kind of took over the sedan market. Right. And now Ford isn't even like making really sedans in America anymore. They've moved all their small car production to Mexico. Their only real North American car that's not an SUV or a truck, which they get a bigger profit from, is like the uh, Mustang, which has its own, like Corvettes, it has its own like religious following or whatever. But um, yeah, I drove a, 
a used Taurus from made locally, and then it was uh, it ran really well. It lasted me many years. It was probably the car I've probably had for for longest. Um, and I didn't have uh, I had some other Fords after that that were a little spottier that had some issues, <laughs> but uh, that one that one generally ran pretty well. Yeah, my Ford didn't last very long. My little Hyundai Elantra that I have now has been trucking for the last eight and a half years. I uh, I my first car was a 1987 Chevy Celebrity. And uh, the mid to late 80s were a dark period for uh, <laughs> American automakers. The, sh- the celebrity itself was known for rusting out. So the car, when it was bought off the lot by my parents in 1987, was maroon. Uh, by the time I took it over as a, as a junior in high school in 1998, it had to be painted white. <laughs> my, my, my dad paid $300 to paint it white, so it was white on the outside with maroon bench seating inside. But then I can imagine if it's rusting out, it's like that bumpy white. Yes, exactly. It looked terrible, and it smelled like uh, camel lights and uh, cool water cologne. Oh, memories. So, but... Uh, um, that's uh, that's it in terms of topics for this week. Uh, we can move on to what we have uh, suggested for the good folks of the region. Laura, what uh, what should people be looking out for in terms of entertainment? All right. Well, I'm a fan of all things carbs, so any excuse to eat a plate of mashed potatoes like Randy Parker in A Christmas Story, <laughs> count me in. Uh, the Mommy's Little Piggy contest is happening uh, Saturday, December 15th. I think that's Saturday. It's December 15th regardless. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Um, and you just get to eat your mashed potatoes off a plate like they do in A Christmas Story and make a total fool of yourself, but eat all the carbs you want. And then to go with that, that's at the Indiana um, Welcome Center. Also there is the Wagon your tail Wednesday again any excuse to take my dog somewhere for anything even including photos with Santa shout, All out, to shout out to little Frankie <laughs> and then one last one I thought this looked kind of cool there's winter lights night um, that is going through January 1st from dusk to 10 p.m. in Valparaiso you can kind of just drive through a light show um, and see all the Christmas lights that's one of my favorite things to do during the holidays so yeah and uh, speaking of which uh we have a story in the pipeline about Candy Cane Lane in mm-hmm. Crown Point, uh, so keep an eye out for that. It's very cool, very cool art coming with it. I don't want to exactly say when it's going to be because things change and it's fluid, but uh, something to look forward to in our in our print product and online as well. Uh, Joseph, um, we've we've slotted out 15 minutes for you to. <laughs> uh, your suggestions. Try, what do you got going on? I will try to keep it brief. Uh, I would recommend the A Christmas Story Comes Home exhibit while you're at the Indiana Welcome Center in Hammond. It runs through the whole holiday season. The Gene Shepherd is, of course, one of the greats from the region. He um, he, you know, wrote that timeless and memorial classic, and they have department store displays from like New York or Boston on display there. You can go check them out. They've got Santa's mountains and all these like Christmas trees. It's a great uh, holiday tradition. I also am going to briefly recommend PD, another region Christmas tradition is Petyville. I have no affiliation with it. It is in Hammond in the Hessfield neighborhood at 3033 Crane Place. It is basically this one guy who is very, very enthusiastic about Christmas and has almost taken over like his entire block with a super elaborate you know, Christmas display. And it's just a, you know, beautiful, um, it's set up like beautifully. I recommend checking that out. Uh, and then, um, just briefly, I saw the, we saw the play, uh, the Nutcracker. It's a ballet free version. Uh, it's a ballet free version at the Chopin theater, which is actually owned by people from uh, a couple from Miller, but it's in Chicago's Wicker park neighborhood. If you're there, are like a dozen different versions of the Nutcracker to go check out locally, but that's a pretty good one. 
if you want your nutcracker without dancing it was very some imaginative staging by the house theater of chicago that was putting it on uh that runs through the holiday season also the indiana ballet company is doing uh, nutcracker at different venues just google their website to look it up i believe this weekend it's at that new iun arts and sciences building in gary if you listen to it later this podcast later they might have moved it somewhere else so just look up indiana ballet theater i believe they're currently based out of crown point but they're staging that at various locations throughout the region uh this holiday season and then um finally because uh, i think i've missed my obligatory grindhouse plug for the past couple they have a new coffee on sale there um big hugs which is a collaboration from dark matter coffee and half acre beer it is coffee conditioned with a coffee beer um, so you want, might want to try that. And Windmill Brewing down in Dyer on US 30 by the Hospital Franciscan. They have opened a nice little coffee shop in there now. So they're open for coffee during the day and beer at night. So it's uh, the best yeah, combo ever. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You can just weave one vice into another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's kind of the mullet of uh, establishments. It's the <laughs> business during the day and party at night. So <laughs> well put, Joseph. You, you indeed, That's why I get paid the big bucks. That's why Joseph gets paid the big bucks right there. <laughs> Um, uh, two things. Uh, first of all, I, I can make no guarantees, but off of based off of um, our our Thanksgiving special, which was met with nothing but acclaim. Oh yeah, we and, won multiple podcasting awards. For um, it. Yeah, yeah. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, iTunes commenter who said we were Millions of new listeners now. Too. Yeah. So I hope I hope to to follow that up with a Christmas special. Maybe we do that next week. Oh, maybe. absolutely. Yes. That sounds like a great idea. You yeah, know. we should make this a regular. Yeah. Start singing Christmas carols. It'll be great. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, because uh, I'm known as the shill of the podcast, I will be bring up. I will not bring any recommendations uh, this week. I will recommend though. If you're looking for that perfect $25 gift for a loved one, a not-so-loved one, a co-worker for White Elephant or Dirty Santa or Yankee Swap, whatever you want to call it, uh, we are running a special $25 for a print and online subscription. So uh, check that out. Uh, you can call us at the office. Not me. Don't ask for me. I don't know. Any, I, I can't hook you up. But uh, uh, area code 219-933-3200. And uh, or go to nwi.com slash subscribe. Look at that. That's that's what yeah. we, that's in the business. That's why I, I'm paid the big bucks. <laughs> really, so, um, but yeah, you know, get the print product, subscribe online, uh, read Joseph's uh, award winning prose, uh, look at Laura's amazing uh, web uh, innovations, Just and follow us on Facebook and follow us on Facebook. <laughs> So and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and, Instagram yeah. and Snapchat. Yeah, all we're all we're all over. Are we yeah. on Snapchat? We are on Snapchat. We're not on Tumblr, are we? No. no. I do post. Time- should we? I post. <laughs> we're not on Grinder either. <laughs> <laughs> I do post Yet. time stories to LinkedIn, but yeah. I don't know how many. Let's probably get like two clicks. We do have a Times LinkedIn account, so I tried Reddit that. for a while, and but you're not really supposed to post your own stuff on there. Yeah. But. I want to throw one, one more brief recommendation I just want to toss out. Janet Jackson, the region's own Gary native, she was inducted this week into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. She gloriously ascended from the Rust Belt town of Gary yes. to the Rust Belt town of Cleveland. Um, but I want to recommend, if you're ever out that way, the Rock and Roll Hall, this is pretty obvious, but like if you're going to Cleveland anyway, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a pretty cool 
it's only maybe like five hour drive from here or something. You could do it in a week. You could do Cleveland in a weekend. As Joakim Noah pointed out, like, you know, you don't necessarily go vacationing there, but it is definitely worth the trip. They've got things like they have that uh, a Christmas story house where you can tour the house that the movie was based on. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a cool visit. They have a lot and of. I think that the landing is the neighborhood where all the bars and restaurants are at. Yeah, where well, it used to be bigger, though, but a lot of people got drunk and fell into the river and drowned. So. That kind it's of dampened a little bit. Just separating the, the weed from the chat. Stay <laughs> away from the water, guys. So, well, on that uh, joyous <laughs> upbeat note, uh, we'll, we're going to call it a week. Thank you, as always, for listening. We greatly appreciate it. If you if you have a suggestion.